This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here today at uh, H2Oasis Tea House and Float Center, and uh, very happy to be visiting with the comedian Zach Amon. Hello. Zach, man, thank you so much. I yeah. appreciate you being here today. Thanks for having me. This is a cool place. Yeah, glad you're enjoying. Glad yeah, you're enjoying. Yeah, very, uh, very zen, very peaceful. Yeah. I don't know if they'll be able to hear the waterfalls going on around here, <laughs> but it's cool. Yeah, I love it. Love I've it. Never been in a, never been over here actually, like in this area. So oh, seriously? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I've I've lived in Tulsa forever, and I just I only like go to like my spots. Like I never yeah. really go out anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is a cool spot. I like it. Yeah, it's a, it it just happened kind of. Uh, it was almost very serendipitous. I just when I moved back here, uh, almost I guess it's been uh, almost four years ago three and a half years ago but anyway I just happened to come in here I was looking for a good tea place yeah and it, it just kind of worked out and ultimately got the opportunity to do nice. these here and that's pretty yeah. cool yeah I uh yeah I don't frequent tea houses very I don't, I'm not a tea drinker so I don't uh yeah. I don't really think to check them out. I like coffee I'll go to coffee houses but oh yeah I uh yeah tea I don't know I went through a big kick, kick on tea for a while when I was like in college where I just drank green tea every day huh and uh then one day I think I just ran out and was like just forgot to get it at Walmart and then just like every habit I just forgot <laughs> and was like well, well okay so I wonder if like this thing may be some sort of elaborate I don't know if this thing may be some yeah. sort of elaborate plot to actually get you back into get the, me back into, into it, the yeah. tea game I didn't realize there's so many like I've only thought there was like six variations but there's so many here oh man so it's, overwhel like, it's yeah. overwhelming it's overwhelming it's crazy and admittedly I will say I've kind of stuck with the same one or two things because yeah. I'm afraid that all these choices. Yeah, it's just, it's just it's overwhelming. Exactly, yeah. man. Well, thank you so much. I'm really I'm so appreciative that you've taken the time, and no especially problem. in this day in this crazy day and age when there's so many things going uh, on that you've made the time to uh, to come over and do it. And yeah, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, I uh, thought I would I thought I would start out. I'd love to uh, to get a sense of uh, your comedic perspective and just really uh, you know and really ask you you know what your comedy means uh, to you at a deeper level. If that isn't too heavy. No, that's not. I mean, I don't know. I mean, in this place, it feels a little heavy. It's, you know, in the, in the environment, I feel like we got to be a little zen with our answers. Um, no, comedy, I've, been, I've wanted to do comedy since sixth grade. I remember... Wow. I remember watching Dane Cook's Vicious Circle. Oh, I remember that. And I remember staying up... So Comedy Central would do, like, uncensored specials after midnight. Yeah. And I remember I would stay up and I would watch those. I would watch that one, Cat Williams, um... Lewis Black, like all kinds. And that kind of started the whole like, oh, you can be funny and make a living. And so once I turned 18, I went and did my first open mic at a club that used to be here called the Comedy Parlor. Because um, it was 18, everything else you had to go to a bar. Oh, yeah. And so it was 18 and up. And so I did my, I did my first mics there. And I, I had, I think I'm one of the like, few fortunate that like had a really good set for the first time because oh, like man. I understood I understood comedy enough to be like how to set everything like I had a callback at the end of my joke which like you know I don't know if people do that first off or if they you know but uh and I still use that callback today um but yeah I just and then ever since it was it's just been an obsession so it's been eight years wow. so yeah because I started when I was 18, and then I couldn't really do much until I was 21. So when I turned 21, that's when I really became more dedicated to it because I could do it. I could go to bars. And then I en ended up hosting my own open mic for a while with a buddy of mine. And now I host another one um, hmm. with another friend of mine on Wednesdays. So that's pretty cool at the Hunt Club. 
Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't even know they did comedy there. Yeah, we do it every Wednesday. It's uh, it's. I'm not afraid to say it. The best open mic in Tulsa. I'm not afraid to say it. I'll yeah. say it. Yeah. I can back it up. I can I, back it up. I love it. I love it. What was that? If I could ask you, just kind of going back to that time, maybe uh-huh. just getting a sense of like, you know, what what it felt like to get uh, on stage for the first time. And, and Well, it was, I did like theater and stuff in high school and college. So like getting on stage was never like, like getting in front of people was never difficult. Like it was always kind of like, I wanted to be there. In a way, like I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, people are always like, you seem so like I'm nervous. Like I don't, I don't want to pretend like I'm not nervous. Like I'm always nervous up to the moment I step out yeah. onto the stage. Um, because like I mean, it was that way in high school and theater, and even now, like I, you know, even doing this for so long, I still get those those pregame nerves where like, you know, I I'm like, oh man, because everything's different. You never know. Everybody's different with what they like, and crowds are different, and. You know, you might be off one day. Uh, but yeah, so it, I don't know. It's always just kind of been this like need of attention because maybe I didn't get enough of it. I don't know. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. 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 And I was going to ask you too, just uh, as, you know, the longer that you've done this, I've, I've always been, of course, you know, having not, you know, not being a comedian, never having done this, I always yeah. thought it would be interesting. I, uh, I just, for whatever reason, have never been moved to try it. But there's something, and I think this is maybe from looking at this from a Zen approach or an in the moment approach. Uh, does time ever, I'm, I'm curious if as, the longer you've done this, does time slow down to a certain degree in terms of feeling out the crowd? Yeah. And feeling out the energy? I've definitely gotten to a point now where, like, I'm okay with, like, sitting in the silence a little bit. Mm. Like, I'm not trying to actively just be punch, punch, punch anymore. Ooh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And then, do you want me to send Oh, perfect. That's great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Let me know if I can get you anything else. Certainly. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, what was I talking about? Lost track. Uh, oh, as far as sitting in this, you're talking about sitting in the silence. And yeah, yeah, like before, like you know, you like just, early like, on, like in comedy, you know, and I mean, bombing is a part of comedy. Like you, I still bomb today. Uh, you know, you early on in comedy when you bomb, it's just demoralizing. You're just like, oh my god, like I'm not funny. Like what am I doing? You know, this is stupid. I hate myself. I, this is dumb. I'm gonna walk into 169. Like I can't do this. And then. And then you kind of like, you kind of just go, okay, I bombed. What did I do wrong? You start to look at it kind of like, I always hate the thing that it's like, you know, people are always like, it's never the audience, but I'm like, some audiences just suck. Like, that's just the truth. Like, some audiences are just bad. Like, that's just, that. I, you know, and it's like a lot of it, you know, I've, I've performed and done a killer set like myself to just bad audiences. Yeah. You know, people, and it's not like they... It's like the people that like smile but they don't laugh. Like that's just, you're just. Uh, it's a, it's like just get let it out. Like I see it in you. Like let it out. But yeah, I got and I and I knew bombing was a part of comedy. Like I like I said. Like once I discovered it, I became obsessed. So it's like I'd watch interviews and all my favorite comics. You know, I found Carlin and Hicks and uh, Kinnison and oh, Dangerfield dude. and you know. Uh, and then I was like, oh, okay. And then you learn. And it's like, okay, but this is a part of... And then like with podcasting, I've, I've listened to all of my favorite comics podcasts. And they talk about even bombing today. They're like, when did a huge show? Bombed, you know? Oh, wow. And I'm like, that kind of adds that... It's like, oh, okay. So it even, even the greats sometimes... And I mean, that applies to everything. I mean, you look at sports. Tom Brady, the greatest player of all time. Didn't make it to the Super Bowl this year. Almost. Yeah. But he didn't do it. Yeah. And so... You know, even the best have bad days, and you, you just kind of got to go with it. 
You know, a lot of comics early on, I think, take bombing and, as like a personal thing, and it's like you can't, you can't take it as a personal thing. You have to just go, all right, what did I, what do I need to do differently? Because like I've definitely had shows where I've gone out and bombed because I just wasn't feeling the show. Like I'm just like I am not here mentally. I am just gonna go up and regurgitate this garbage, like. And then, you know, and then eventually, like, I'll have, like, Thursday night, I did a show in Claremore where, like, I was like, I've done this material, I know it's good material, I'm just going to destroy this crowd with it. And I did. And it's wow. like, I've, you're at, I've gotten to, at least me personally, I'm at a point now where it's like, I understand kind of how I can go into rooms and work the energy towards what I want it to be. Yeah. But that also has taken years. And it's only been, like, the last two that I've really leaned into that kind of it was honestly during COVID because during, well, not during COVID. I think it was like the year before COVID, I was watching a lot of like Def Jam comedy um, clips on YouTube. And I watched Bernie Mac's first Def Jam appearance, which is hands down one of the funniest things I've ever watched in my life. But the confidence that he brought out onto that stage, I was like, that's what I want to do. And so ever since I had watched that, I would try to apply that confidence to what I did on stage. And it blew my shit up. Sorry, can I swear? Oh, definitely. Okay. Oh, yeah. And it blew my shit up exponentially. Like, I was like, I'm, you know, I feel like 10 times a better comic than what I was three years ago. Like, even, you know, three years ago, people were like, you're good at this. But, like, where I'm at now, people are like, you're really good at this now. Like, I, you know, and that's kind of nice. And a lot of it, I think, I just attributed to being, like, do Bernie Mac, yeah. <laughs> be Bernie Mac on stage, <laughs> like yeah. kind of a thing. So I don't know. Every comic will answer that differently, probably. But that's kind of. I've hit a point now where it's like I am funny. I yeah. know this. Yeah. Now I just have to hone it a little bit. Yeah. And make it better, but. That's the trick. Yeah. Is it something about? Is it something about owning it in a different way, or uh, just you know having when, when you talk about that different energy, or or are you determining what uh, is it working out? It is okay. very good. That's very good. very good. Yeah, green tea with honey, very yummy. Hey, that's good, man. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your question. Oh no, this is perfect. It's it's all part of it. Man. Yeah, it's all part of it. Uh, but in terms of that, that's what I find so interesting. I've never heard a comedian speak about this before. In other words, you deciding you know what energy. Yeah, you kind of. It's interesting to me. And I don't know if every comic's like this, but, like, I've always... I mean, I know I take a lot of inspiration from comics that I like. Like, I have I have found myself on stage sometimes imitating comics that I like and how I deliver the jokes. And I'm like, okay, i got to figure out how to not do that. Uh, i got to figure out how to kind of be me. But, uh, yeah, it's... It's, kind, it's, you know, you can always learn from watching other comics and, like, seeing how... You know, I enjoy watching season comics because you can see how they will... I mean, they're experts are just kind of, like, manipulating the audience into what they want and to get, like, the laugh that they want or to follow the point or something. And, I th like, I'm trying to do that now more with my writing to be, like, let's see... I'm hitting a point now where I'm, like, let's see how, se like, how funny I can take a serious okay. subject and make it funny like I have I've always had an issue where if someone's like oh you can't joke about this that I'm like well I'm gonna go write every joke I can possibly can and yeah. I'm gonna try every joke about it that I can't like I, I a couple weeks ago I got told I can't make an Anne Frank joke at a show and I don't have an Anne Frank joke we just made one at the last show we did there and so they were like no Anne Frank jokes and so I wrote an Anne Frank joke and then did it the next night and it it was fine like the whole joke was just like is she gonna show up like what is it what's the problem are we gonna tweet at her and be like yo like I'm like, 
it's just kind of, it's funny. It's like comedy is one of those, I feel like people sometimes forget that it's entertainment. That yeah. it's, it's like, it's yeah. still, you're still paying money to see a person perform. It's like, but I think because it's, it's an entertainment that deals with everything right now, talks about everything that's happening right now. And it's so in the moment that people are like, whoa, you know, you, you know, you, you get people that are like, oh, you can't make jokes about this. You can't make jokes. And it's like, as a comic, it's like, mm, we can't. Because it's like, that's the, the point of our world. Yeah. Is to pick apart these little... I've always... I talk about comedy like like I know what I'm talking about. I don't know anything about comedy. I've been doing this for eight years. I really don't know what I'm talking about at all. This is just based off me. Yeah. But I've always looked at comedy like this. So there's like a big painting. Everybody's looking at this big painting. It's a beautiful painting. But everybody has, you know, their qualms with it. Everybody's like, well, I like this part. I like this part. This part sucks. We shouldn't talk about this part. And then the comic's job is to look at this painting and be like, why is that guy's dick so small? <laughs> that guy's dick's so tiny. Can we talk about this? And then you talk about it. And, like, that's that's how it's always been for me. And it's yeah. like, and I, I don't like, you know, it's like, for me, like, tragedy is beaten by laughter. So it's like, I've always, like, anytime I've ever felt down or sad or something, like, I've always been the guy to crack a joke. Because I'm like, for me, that makes me feel better. And I, I think laughter releases a lot of that tension. Um, and then some people just take themselves so seriously. Yeah. That, they're, oh, yeah. that I'm like, why, you know, I'm like, why should I be upset that you're upset? I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Like, why do I have to take time out of my day to be mad that somebody said something that you'll never see again? I'm like, you know? Yeah. I'm like, I don't have the energy for that. COVID has really made me lose a lot of the energy for being mad at anything anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just like, everybody's too mad now. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I've stopped. I'm one of these people now that like, I'm only going to care about something if you bring it up. Until then, I won't think about it. Then yeah. once it's brought up, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, this is bad. <laughs> That's bad, yeah. But I'll until then, I'm just going to watch girls twerk on the internet. <laughs> You know, I was going to ask you when you when you were talking about the whole thing about like, for instance, like the Anne Frank joke. The, for whatever reason, this just kind of intuitively came up. I'm I'm, I'm going back to nine uh, eleven, mm. and there again, I don't know. You know, there again, it's kind of weird to think about in that in those moments. And I don't know. I mean, this is what uh, my goodness has been. Yeah, it's been a long time ago. Twenty just, twenty years. It'll be wow. twenty twenty one this year. Wow, nine eleven can drink. I distinctly remember that. There was this hesitancy, like, you know, when, there was that whole question about when can we jump yeah. around again. Well, and there's that great story of the Hugh Hefner roast that happened, like, the week or so after, where Gilbert Gottfried did a joke about it. Oh, man. And it's it's considered one of the greatest moments, like, one, a great moment in comedy because, like, the audience wasn't for it. Oh. And so what Gilbert did is he jumped into this joke called the aristocrats which is the aristocrats is this joke that is known amongst all comedians there's a whole documentary about it i actually saw i actually yeah. saw that but i didn't connect it with the with the yeah. with, that, with that situation and so gilbert's considered like that is considered one of the greatest moments of it being told because it was followed by like cuz he followed such a big bomb with it that and like the joke that he wrote wasn't bad it was just the bad timing of the joke yeah but then he saved it with that aristocrats joke uh 
So yeah, and it's and again, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, that tension is released now because we're just laughing hysterically at the fact that he just told the filthiest joke ever told on television. Uh, so and I, that that's and to me is like the power of comedy. It's like, oh, okay, like I have a bit that I've written, haven't done it in a while, where I talk about nine eleven because like for me, I was in second grade, so nine eleven was like. I didn't realize what had happened until later, I guess. Yeah. So, like, the impact wasn't there for me. And, yeah. like, I still understand the impact, and I'm not saying it wasn't tragic. But I'm, like, I'm at a point where I'm, like, we can talk about it. We're adults. Yeah. I feel like it's weird. Like, we've kind of become, like, childish in the sense that, like, we can't talk about these things. Like, it reminds me, like, growing up, like, with kids that are, like, oh, I can't read Harry Potter. And it's, like, well, why? It's a book. Like, if, you know, I guess I'm someone that's like, I'm impacted by things, but not to the point where like, I feel like it changes me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but so like, I have this whole bit where I'm like, if you look at it objectively, like it's kind of an impressive thing that they pulled off. And it's oh, like, yeah. like, I'm like, I can't even plan a dinner party. <laughs> I'm like, these guys planned a massive attack on American soil. Like, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, I can, I'm like, if you saw like that in a movie and like Tom Hardy was in charge of the whole thing, you'd be like, that's pretty wild. Because it's like, we all cheered when he blew up the football stadium, you know? So it's like, so I mess with it a little bit. And, you know, and I like, and I, like I said, I like to challenge those, those things that like, because to me, that's like kind of what a comic's supposed to do is you're supposed to find the funny where like there is no funny you know yeah. even in things as mundane as like I spilled my coffee like I'm writing a joke right now about assorted chip bags and why there's never enough of the good chips in the assorted chip bags yes I, oh man yes yeah and yes. so it's like you start to you process I don't for me personally comics I process things differently now with how I think like a lot of my friends think I don't take things seriously or um I have a hard time not just deconstructing things and I'm like I have to I'm like I'm, I just have to like it's just the way I think now like I can't yeah I can't shut it off like it's kind of it's kind of it's fun but it also does get me in a lot of trouble where it's just like I'll be having a serious conversation with someone and then I'll be like well what about and then just throw some stupid joke out there and then I'm like oh, this is a serious moment with a friend I have to be serious but I'm like I I just can't shut it off I'm like a like a cop that can't get done with the job you know like those detectives they're like let go of the case you're like I can't there's something missing I'm like that you got to stay on that thing for the for the for the duration right yeah it just yeah. keeps going yeah and that's uh the other thing I was going to ask you too uh is that uh you know I know at one time and I don't know exactly where this point was and I and I'm and, I, and it'd be interesting to hear your perspective on this I know that like if you go back to like let's say the uh, you know the the you know 40s 50s 60s mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure where where the change happened where they used to refer to comedy as an act you know people talked about yeah. how they had an act and then at some point it started becoming more uh personal yeah and some more people still there are still I mean they still refer to it as an act or oh, okay um, but yeah, comedy definitely has went from like, like when you look at like early comedy, it is very just jokey, 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 joke yeah, yeah. to being more personal, more story, uh, oriented, especially nowadays, like comedy nowadays, depending on who you watch, can call it comedy, um, is more like telling like stories, funny stories about life or like trying to you know like trying to like you know be like 
connections with people of like we've all been through the same thing and I hate that shit I'm a joke guy like I like jokes I'm like I don't want to hear your sad stories I don't give a shit I want to laugh like I'm not coming to comedy to be lectured like I want to laugh like these people that go to comedy shows and expect to be like have a mind-blowing revelation I'm like how sad is your life like go like read a book like do anything else like we're comedians we're just supposed to laugh like we do poop and fart jokes like it's not like you shouldn't be going to a comedian to figure out life advice. That's stupid. Is that like a TED? Would that be like a TED talk almost? Yeah, it's like, like a, yeah. I'm like, and it, you know, and it's like there are comedians that are great story. Like Tom Segura is an amazing storyteller comic, yeah. like phenomenal. And that's, but it's like he still has those elements of jokiness in there. Yeah. And it's like you know, I just don't like being beaten over the head when I want to laugh. You know. Yeah. And it feels like a lot today is like people just want to make a point. People want to be poignant, and I'm like, just be funny. That's yeah. all it takes. Like, just be funny. There's a reason, like, a lot of, like, these big-name underground comics have all these followers, and it's, like, it's because they're funny, and that's all it takes. That's all it takes to be a good comic is to just be funny. No yeah. one wants to hear your bullshit. <laughs> no one wants to hear your bullshit. I'm sorry. No one wants to hear your bullshit. Just be funny. Like, yeah. that's that's always been my thing. That's what I tell all the new comics that come into town or, like, that come up and, like, start working in Tulsa. I'm, like, just be funny. Figure out how to be funny. And then throw your bullshit in there. But yeah. until then, because I used to be one of those guys that threw my bullshit into it. And I realized that I wasn't being funny. I was ranting. And I was like, I don't like to be that guy. So I'm going to just step away from it. Now, I will take serious things and talk about it and be funny with it, you know, because I like to do that. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not going to go into some diatribe about why it's a problem for me. Because who cares? I'm like, yeah. I'm just trying to make you laugh. You'll understand if I have a problem if I'm making fun of it, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love that. And it, I was going to ask you, and this is because somewhat because I'm somewhat, you know, because I'm somewhat out of older and somewhat out of touch. Although, uh, yeah, I guess that's just that's just one of those things. But in terms of like, polit- you know, all the stuff, you know, now all the, you know, political correctness yeah. and all of the political, know, politi- the political correctness just exists on like Twitter. Like, oh, OK. Like you do run into people who get offended at jokes that like I've had that happen. And it's like, they, you know, you just kind of go, oh, OK, I'm sorry about that. Didn't mean to offend you. Like, didn't know, you know, this is just my material. Um, and usually they're pretty cool with that. But for the most part, audiences just want to laugh and have a good time. Like if they, you know, they let you know if they don't like it by not laughing. Like that's the best way to do it. But yeah, it's like the woke culture stuff like really only exists on Twitter. And a lot of the time it's like the, the anger is just so misguided. It's so mm. like you're not looking at the right thing. Like you're not mad about the right thing. Like I did a joke actually at this open mic where I talk about how America doesn't have real issues if our biggest issue is a podcaster. Like if Joe Rogan's our biggest issue, how bad is it here in America for real? Yeah. And there was a girl there who was a comic that was like shaking her head at me the whole time. Like, no, you're wrong. And I'm like, but am I? I'm like, other countries people get their head cut off because they believe in a different religion. I'm like, we're mad because a podcaster exists, you know? Yes. And it's like, and these people that are mad at Joe Rogan don't understand it, why they're mad. They just go, oh, the people are telling me to be mad because he said this in a clip. And it's like, anybody, you can cut anybody into a clip and make them sound like a complete asshole. Oh, yeah. It's like, it just happens. And it's like, we just, you just have to do, I hate saying it, but like when people are like, do the research, but the research is always confirmation bias. So it's like, what does it even matter? That's enough of that, though. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I was going to ask you too, and this is just this is coming up in the moment. I don't know if it's a uh, it's if it's a fair question or not. I've always wondered about who decides. You know, what does the audience decide what is funny? I mean, I realize they yeah, the audience. I mean, the audience ultimately decides what's funny. 
Because, like, I've written a lot of stuff where I'm like, this is so funny to me. And then I go do it. And then I'm like, oh, no, this is just funny to me. Like, this isn't funny to anybody. Nobody knows anything about what I'm talking about right now. I'm like, I'm talking about the Power Rangers in a room full of 70-year-olds. No one knows what I'm talking about. Um, But, yeah, and it's like, one thing I learned is, like, it's it's you do find ways to take things about yourself and make them funny but yeah it ultimately comes down to the audience like the audience is the ultimate answer on if your stuff is funny or not because like comics comics will laugh at stuff like i always laugh at a lot of stuff and people are always like oh thanks for laughing and in my and it's like for me though i laugh at weird times because like i i'm someone who like can see where you can i see the setups and then i start thinking about where you can take it and so it starts to make me laugh, thinking about, oh, what if he did this? What if he did this? What if he did this? And then they'll say their punchline, and I'll be like, oh, that was actually funny, and I'll laugh. But, yeah, audiences ultimately, like, when people talk about cancel culture, it's like the audience is the one who does it. Like, if the audience doesn't like you, they let you know. Mm. Like, there's nothing, like, weirder than just being in a quiet room when you're delivering some material that, like, you know has done well. You know? Like, I've done shows where, like, I'll take the material somewhere, and it'll crush Mm-hmm. And then I'll take it somewhere else. Nothing. Interesting. Yeah, and it's and you know, and it's again, it's one of those things where it's like you don't want to blame the audience, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to blame, you kind of want to put it on you, but at the same time, you're like in your head, you're like, I did it the exact same. What's what did I do different? You know, and it's like I said, every audience is different. No one, I've never had an audience that has been the same, for the most part. You kind of get the same vibes from a lot of the audiences you perform for. Like I performed a lot in Missouri. And like Arkansas and like here, obviously. So it's like you kind of, especially here, like I know the type of audiences I'm coming to. Mm. Like if I'm performing in BA, someone's going to get offended at something I say. See, that's what I was going to ask you. I read somewhere something about this, about in terms of like, you know, certain place, like maybe South Tulsa. Yeah, like, like South Tulsa is a nightmare to perform in, but it is fun. Like it is fun. It's just because, and a lot of it is because we perform at bars and stuff like that or restaurants and it's like a lot of these people like like I had a buddy one time get upset at these this group of people who were like talking during the show and I was like buddy you have to remember they're not here for us I'm like these people are I'm like perform for these people make these people laugh because they're listening they're watching I was like that table of four could give a shit about what's happening over here they do not care they're hammered yeah. They're touching each other like they they are going to go to a hotel after this. Like this isn't a this isn't a pe- these aren't people you want to pay attention. Like, you know. And so I'm like you just have to kind of deal with it. And I mean, in every crowd, you know, like midtown crowds, like I perform a lot of midtown. Midtown crowds are fun, but there are a lot of like wokier people. Mm. But again, it's like I don't think they understand that like comedy has I think they believe that comedy is like ill intent when you make jokes about things you're not supposed to and it's like no that's never the case I'm like you can tell when someone's being serious like I always like I like I'm a quarter Japanese and I grew up in Cushing and like I got like my friends would pick on me for being Japanese like I would get all the jokes you know and but I could tell like oh you're just messing with me you're my buddies I get it but then there were those kids that would say things to me that I'm like, oh, you actually really don't like me for this. And it's oh, like, and dude. so I learned that like, there is a difference of coming from a place of funny and coming from a place of hate. And it is very, very different. Yeah. And I don't think people who like, I don't think some people understand that. 
they just think, oh, you said a word that I don't like that I consider racist, you're racist. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's like, I've had friends call me gook, like, wow. but I know they're my friends because I can call them the worst things I can call them. Um, but I know that they, they don't mean it. Whereas like, I remember in high school, a kid said, he said something to me that I was like, oh, I'm not gonna be alone with you because you might hurt me just because of this. This is a very weird thing. Granted, wow. I was a shit talker and I would like jaw at him a little bit, but like, that was like a majority of what, like everything he was saying. And I, a lot of it, I was like, oh, he's probably just mad. Can't hate, hate him for that. He's mad, he's a mad guy. People say mad shit when they're mad. But that's when I learned that I was like, oh, okay, there is a slight difference. And I mean, I have friends that have, that are like, like black friends that have kind of like cooperated, like said the same thing. They're like, yeah. Like I have a buddy who grew up in a small town in Oklahoma and he was like, it's the same kind of thing. He's like, I had friends make racist jokes. And he's like, but I knew who they were my friends. He's like, no matter what, they have my back. Yeah. And he's like, and then you have those kids that would never. And I was like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, you, ha you just have to figure it. It's like, you know, you learn kind of, you know, people are just complex. They're weird. They're complex, but they're not. Yeah. I was going to ask you too, uh, is, it some, is there something to it about listening? I mean, I realize when you're up on stage, I mean, I realize you're ultimately, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you know, they're, they're, the focus is on you. And so you're, you're delivering something. Yeah, you definitely. But, I mean, but as far as the listening aspect, I was, I was curious if there's anything there just in terms of, you know, is yeah. it something about listening to, I mean, even though the audience may not be saying anything back to you that, is there some aspect of this of you're listening or paying attention to? Yeah, you kind of, Depending on where you are, you can it you can see them, yeah. and like that. To me, seeing them is more difficult than like hearing them because like hearing laughter is you know whatever. But like like I said, you can get those crowds that just like smile mm -hmm. at you the whole time. Like they don't laugh; they do like the, you know, they like the smile and the head nod, and that's unsettling to watch when you're on stage. Like you you, you know, and it's like you kind of like you can hear the laughs, but then the laughs start sounding really far away. You know, kind of a thing. Like, oh. you just start kind of feeling in a tunnel. Yeah. And you're kind of like, okay, what do I, you know, you got to kind of bring it back. Because once you get, like, that big uproarious laugh, you're like, okay, we're back in it. But if you don't get it, like, I always talk about, like, if you don't get that first big laugh right off the bat, it's tough to kind of come back into it. You know, like, wow. to kind of bring that back. So, yeah, you definitely want to listen. You definitely want to, especially, like, if you're watching the other comics up there. Like if you're not the first comic or something you watch and you you can kind of see like, okay, they like this stuff. They don't like this stuff. You know, they're, they're not into the, the, you know, super racy material, you know? They don't like the, you know, COVID material. Like, you, you know, you kind of have to adjust it a little bit. Like I always like the, like I have some jokes that are quite filthy. So I always like to be like, do you guys want a joke, like a dirty one? Like I'll throw a dirty joke at you. Like, I'm like, some, cause like, there are some audiences that I'm like, I don't know if I should, like I did this, I did it in Missouri for an audience of like, and like, there was a lot of older people in the crowd, mm. like probably 60, 70 year olds. And oh, I'm like, wow. there's no way they're going to like this joke, you know? And the whole bit is just like, it's, it's just a filthy bit and it's about coming in a girl's face <laughs> um, and how I think it's disrespectful. <laughs> And, but I open with that, like that's the line. Wow. And they were immediately on board. They were like, even the seven year old lady was like, thank you, oh, I appreciate that. And I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. What a so bunch of totally, freaks. Were you totally taken back? Totally taken back, you know? And that's, that's one of the beauties of comedy is whenever you find an audience that you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they're gonna laugh at this filth. But a lot of the times people do like 
filth. Like they just yeah. like laughing at that because it's like it's kind of almost taboo, especially in Oklahoma. Like Oklahoma is yeah. a very taboo place when it comes to like sexual jokes and and you know that kind of stuff. So whenever it like it hits, it hits hard, and they love it. Wow. Yeah. Is there almost some form? Of, is it almost like a form of release in a way? Is it a little like, bit. Is yeah. it kind of like you're calling out the elephant in the room, so to speak? Mm-hmm. And- yeah, it's just kind of like, I mean, everybody does it, so it's like I don't know yeah. why we, why we, and I mean, it's like everybody and everything, everything on this planet does it. <laughs> I don't know why. Everything fucks, like everything does, like it, even plants, trees, everything. It's not the same, but it happens. Yes, and what the big hang-up is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so, man. And, you know, and it's like, like growing up in Oklahoma, you have, like, I've had a lot of stuff that, like, I can make fun of and pick apart, especially because Oklahoma is just such an odd state yes. in general of how everything runs. Um, but, like, you know, making fun, like, I like to talk about, like, religion, because, like, religion's so big here and prominent and, like, you know, I make jokes about religion and, like, stuff like that. And, like, just kind of, like, poke fun at the silliness of it. Especially, like, the way people think about religion and uh, stuff like that. Or, like, I talk about, you know, like, the... You know, like, I like talking about, like, you know, just, like... Like, darker subjects. Like, I, I you know, a lot of people think I have, like, a... Like, I'm a dark comic. And I'm like, I don't... I'm not a dark comic, but, like, I have jokes that have a little darkness to them. Yeah. Because it's kind of funny. Like, yeah. there is a fun, like, I have a, I make a point of that in the show to be like, we all have a little darkness in us. I think it's okay to let it out. Yeah. And it's like, and tonight we can do that. You know, I think that's the best part about comedy is that comedy is a place for people to just, you know, all that bottled up energy you can just release and you feel better. And that's the whole point of it. You know? Yeah. That's what I try to do at least. Is it something about bringing, is it something about this that I get, I get a sense that they're in there again, and maybe I'm going too far on this, but I get a sense that there's a sacred aspect of this. Like the, there's the opportunity to bring people together if, if people are willing. Yeah, to, people, I, yeah. And I'm I open think, to being wrong, completely wrong about this. But I mean, I don't know. I think people are more, I think people have more fun when they laugh together, especially mm-hmm. whenever it's like, like I enjoy performing for crowds where it's like a bunch of different types of people with, different beliefs and like ideas on life because like to me i'm like this is you should be laughing together there's so much of this like i know there's a lot of division but like the division right now is so like us versus them yeah like it's very like one side's evil one side's good and vice versa and it's like well we can't think of it like that we have to all go we're all shitty let's figure out to get better you know let's let's figure that out because like that's how you know it's like if we're gonna have a two-party system the two-party system has to work together it can't be a it can't be a constant you're evil you're evil you're you know we're good you're bad like it can't be that and uh so that's what i like try to do with comedy is like i you know because i'm very much middle of the road like i i'm someone that's like i like i said the comic in my the comic brain makes me stay here because I'm like, if I go too far to one side, I'm unhinged or I'm woke and I don't want to be either. Yeah. I want to be an unhinged woke person. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, I love that. Like, I just want to be, you know, it's like, I understand why everyone's upset, but it's like, you, you also got to kind of stay grounded here a little bit, you know? Like, I, I've, I've had a joke for years where I'm like, like minded people were brought together by social media. And if there's one thing we have learned is that like-minded people should not meet at all. Interesting. They should separate and spread their ideas. Because I'm like, because all we've done is create a bubble culture. Yeah. And then that bubble gets burst 
and then that's when shit hits the fan. The world's ending. Oh my god, oh, it's all man. over. You know, and it's. I had that epiphany with a buddy of mine. We did a show in Missouri, and he was like, we were watching the headliner, and he the whole time he was like, why the fuck do these people like this guy? He's not even funny. Like he's not. And I was like, no, dude, he is funny. I'm like, look at where we are. We're in Missouri, bumfuck Missouri, <laughs> in an auto salvage yard. Like. <laughs> These people like him. I'm like, we live in Tulsa. I'm like, Tulsa is a liberal bubble. I'm like, just go to my hometown an hour away, and you're not going to get the same type of people. I'm like, it is what it is. I'm like, Tulsa is just a little liberal bubble, and we've all become accustomed to that. And we're surprised whenever, what, nobody's like Tulsa? It's like, yeah. And they shouldn't have to be, you know? Yeah. It's just one of those things. It's like people are different. People are complex. They shouldn't be confined into this one little box because then it's like everything becomes one-dimensional. You know, you're racist. You're anti-Semitic. And it's like that's such a one-dimensional thing. It's like that can't be the case for everybody. That can't be the case for everybody because it's like if everybody's racist, everybody's racist. Like that's just, you know, right? Like that. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. I'm like you just have to – it's like you got to – it's like people are complicated. Not everybody's just one thing. Everybody's something else. Everybody's feelings change about something constantly. I'm upset about something in the morning, and then by the end of the day, I'm like, is it that bad? <laughs> yeah. Is genocide bad? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You know, and it's weird because I was going to say to you, I'm so glad you brought this up because, I, you know, I grew up in a time when there was only th- – it's so weird to think about. There was like three, you know, three TV networks and then yeah. plus PBS, and everybody was watching, this, you know, pretty much that you know there weren't these you know before the internet there wasn't all this you know fractionation yeah. of, of media and it's just so weird to think at some point I, and i and there again i don't want to even take seriously my belief that somehow people were more on the same page but it definitely feels different now yeah and i mean i think a lot of it is like i think anchorman 2 actually had a really good point on this about the 24-hour news cycle and yeah. how it's like when you're just kind of beaten over the head with it constantly and then everything kind of yeah because i mean once everything started fracturing off you had like fox news and then cnn and and now now you have like news corporations that aren't even tied to the mainstream media and like people doing reporting from like all sorts of things so there's reporting from all over and a lot of the reporting is headline grabs like there's no real substance to stories it's headline like there was a story about Dave Chappelle that came out recently where he like shut down this affordable housing thing because he was threatening to pull his business out and everyone's like Dave Chappelle's a piece of shit just a millionaire and I'm like well if you read the article a majority of the people in the town didn't want the development even two of the people were like it's not a good plan like it hasn't been followed through like a lot of the people I was like Chappelle is just famous And he has the leverage. And I was like, and you guys don't want to care about that because you go, oh, he's stopping something I think is cool. Oh, yeah. And it goes, I think affordable housing is good, even if it would fuck up a lot of this shit. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. If someone was like, let's put affordable housing in the middle of the highway, there would be people here that's like, that's a good fucking idea. (laughs) It's affordable housing. It's affordable housing. People need that. And it's like, yeah, but it's going to cut a lot of fucking people off, you know? And it's so... It's like people just want to be – a lot of t- today, and this is why I've kind of stepped out of it, is that like people – it's like if you're not mad about something, you're not, li- you know, you're not doing it right. And it's like, no, it's like you've got to be mad about things that are genuinely things to be mad about. 
It's like there are things to be mad about in America, like institutional racism, you know, the cop situation needs to be fixed. Like there is that. But I'm like, but Joe Rogan talking on his podcast is not something to be upset about. That's yeah. not national news. Dave Chappelle being like, hey, don't build this housing development is not national news. <laughs> Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott having a baby is not national news. Like that's wow. gossip. Yeah. And it's like, let's focus on like real things, you know? Like we've, you know, Russia's possibly gonna go to war here soon. You know, that's oh, a yeah. that's a real threat to everything. Oh, we man. need to talk about that. Yeah. But instead, we want to be like Joe Rogan. And I'm like, who cares? And it's, I feel like it's everywhere. It's yeah. just everywhere I've turned. It's just like that's, it's just yeah. it's being talked about constantly. It's this, it's, I'm like, it's a distraction. And then it's like, if you look into it, like I said, you follow the money, everything comes back to the government. But yeah, it's just kind of, it's one of those things where it's like, you, you don't understand, like these people that go after him. I'm like, do you, like, I have a friend that's like, Joe Rogan's like, ugh. And I'm like, do you ever listen to him at all? And she's like, no, I don't have to. I already know. And I'm like, listen to him. I'm like, just <laughs> listen to him. I was yeah. like, like, I never really, like, I like Joe Rogan. He's a comic, so, like, I like comics. Yeah. And, like, I would listen, like, I don't watch his show religiously. I'll listen if he has, like, comics on that I like and stuff like that. Like, I'm, I, you know. But I, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, he's literally a comic. I'm like, he says more problematic shit on episodes with comics than he ever does with scientists. And oh, I'm like, yeah. you're just so, and, like, you're just so, we've been so bought into the, like, I'm not saying COVID isn't real, but I'm saying the, like, the the propaganda of it almost the politicization yeah. of it almost yes. is so we bought we bought so into it and I love people that are like it's not politicized it's like it's absolutely politicized oh, it yeah. was politicized from Jump Street man like yes. you're yes. getting a Pfizer shot are you fucking nuts <laughs> like come on like get the Johnson and Johnson like you know it was it was absolutely and it's like and it doesn't help and a lot of it is just like the you know I think a lot of it came down to like the wrong people are telling me to wear the mask like yeah that's a lot of what it came down to and I mean. It's, you know, it's tough to get anybody, like, the minute you tell Americans to do something, no one's going to do it, you know? So true, man. Yeah, it's yes. like, that's just, I don't understand how people don't understand that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. we're not people who follow rules. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. And I mean, I'm even, I'm guilty of that. Now, for me personally, I did everything, you know, I got, I'm, I'm, I got the Vax, uh, I got the du- the double. Yeah. Uh, I wore a mask. I mean, Jap- being Japanese, wearing a mask wasn't an issue. I mean, they do that anyway. Like, my grandma did that when she was sick, so it never bothered me. Yeah. So I was like, eh, I don't mind wearing that. But it, like, you know, I still worked the whole time. I still dealt with people who were like, oh, pussy, you're wearing a mask, you know? Like, I had people, you know, like, call our bank and complain that our lobby was closed. And, like, you know, it's, and it's like, and a lot of it is just people want to complain. Yes. People just like yes. it's. We live in a complaining culture right now. We have it so good in America. We just have to complain. Yes. You know. Yes. Uh, and I love saying that because people are like we don't have it good in America, and I'm like we have it pretty good because there's a reason people still come here. Like, yes. There's a reason people still travel here. Like there's, it's not like it's so bad that people aren't like we're not going to America. You yeah. know. It's like they still, there's still a lot of that opportunity here. I'm like the problem is is that it's like. We just don't know where to focus our anger. And a lot of it is just losers being like, ah, I don't want to pick myself up, so I'm going to blame everybody else. Because I used to be that way. I was very much that way. I'm like, and I'm still kind of that way, where I'm like, ah, the world's against me. And then I'm like, just go to the store. Like, you know, the world's not against you, Zach. No, the world (laughs) doesn't even know you exist. The world doesn't even care. You know? It's like nobody, you know. So that's one thing about COVID that like I told you earlier like COVID killed a lot of my anxiety about the world because I was like I was someone that had to have control of everything 
And yeah. now I was like, oh, I have control of nothing. So yeah. I just kind of let all of that go. And now I'm, you know, I don't sweat things as much anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, it's become, I kind of feel like a little bit like I'm in that movie Office Space, but like I'm still dialed in a little bit. Oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that in a long time, man. And I was going to ask you too, we were talking a little bit before this, just in terms of like, you know, as far as, com- you know, mm-hmm. your experiences doing comedy during, you know, during the pandemic and yeah. and what this has been like. And I didn't know if there's been any, you know, kind of aha moments uh, with that, just, you know, or any, anything that's, that's a, you know, that's changed your perspective on the scene or just on, on your own experience. And- I'll say since COVID, the Tulsa scene has really gotten a lot better. Uh, it's grown a lot. We've got a lot more shows, a lot more mics. Um, and a lot of it is just because, you know, we became supportive. We were all looking out for each. We were all looking out for each other, not trying to be like, "You're out and about. You're a murderer," and it's like, "No, I'm not." Yeah. I'm like, "Am I a murderer when I go to work?" No. Um, I was like, "That whole ridiculous. Like that was all ridiculous." But yeah, and it's like we we cultivated the scene to be supportive, to be about being funny. You know, we're trying to branch out and. You know, we have great relationships with, like, the OKC scene, uh, the Arkansas scene, um, uh, Missouri. Like, we have a great, like, I was just hanging out with some comics from Missouri last night. Like, some, you know, we've cultivated a lot of great relationships, and, like, we have shows all the time, you know, multiple shows a month that people put on. And um, so the scene is really, it's really grown quite a bit. And, like, I don't like to think that, like, I have a hand in it. Like, I never think I have a hand in most things. But, you know, part of it, I think a lot, you know, a lot of people tell me is it's, like, just kind of being supportive has helped the most. Like, that was the big thing for me. Like, especially early on in the scene, I I hosted an open mic at the VFW with my buddy Sean. And that was when I started to notice that we were kind of different. Because we were very much, like, the people that, like, the at the other open mic that, like, weren't, that were kind of, like, not bullied out, but kind of pushed out just because they weren't, like, cool with them, would come to us, and then we would be like, go up, do your thing. And then we realized, oh, a lot of these people are actually very funny. You just don't like them as, you just don't like that they're doing jokes that you, because they, they're the woke, oh, you know? Okay. And so it's like, and that's kind of what we do at the hunt club is it's like we're not trying to be like go up there and just say crazy racist shit but we're like go up there and be funny but it's like we're not someone that's like oh okay if you do try to do like a little joke that about racism that doesn't land we're not going to be like oh my god you're the worst person ever don't ever come back like we're like just try again yeah because that's the you know comedy is trial and error like you you were like no joke is ever good the first time you might get a laugh but it doesn't mean it's good you know i've done a bunch of jokes for the first time that get a laugh but then I'll try it again and it people are like what the fuck are you saying like so you know you just you know it's just trial and error you got to figure it out like and with comics comics I've like Patrice O'Neill said like you should be allowed to try it out like comics should be able to go and find those ways of making those dark jokes funny like I actually just saw a great video this guy this comedian I can't remember his name I think his last name I think it's Troy Barker or, Tony, or Troy Baker or Tony Baker or something like that. He's a black guy. He uh, he had lost his son uh, last year, the year before, and like I follow him on Twitter, so like he would post about like his grieving process and stuff like that. And he just recently put a video out of him doing a joke about it. And it's one of those things where it's like this is where comedy is incredibly powerful, where you you know you take this terrible thing. But 
molded into making people laugh out of it. And I'm like, and that's, you can't do that with a lot of things. I'm like, you can't really do that with like movies. I'm like, some movies can pull it off, but I'm like, I think comedy is one of those few. And I think that's why comedy is considered like dangerous a little bit because we can take these things that people don't want to talk about and be like, no, 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 that's, Let's talk about it. Let's make them funny. Let's, you know. But that's also the trick. You got to make them funny. Otherwise, you're just lecturing people or doing a TED Talk. And nobody nobody wants to be lectured about horrible shit. We want to <laughs> laugh at the horrible shit, you know. That's what we want to do. And it's so interesting to hear you talk about that because I get a sense that's really where the magic is, right? Or that's where – and there again, I'm open to being wrong about this. But yeah. that's really where the art artistry of this is. Yeah, it's, it's the – I heard someone on a podcast call comedy – it's just professional complaining. Huh. Like you find mundane things or you can find like real world things like big issue things. But like a lot of the mundane, like the assorted chip bag joke that I'm trying to write. Like yeah. that is such a only a me issue. But like <laughs> it's funny that everyone I've told this idea to that they're like, no, that makes a lot of sense. They're like, that actually is true. And I was like, OK, so there is a little piece here. You know, yeah. there is there's beauty in the mundane, but there's also something fun about taking something complex like you know the holocaust for example and figuring out a way to go okay how can you turn this tragedy into something humorous and there are ways to do it i mean there's there are ways to do it you've seen people do it i've seen people do it um you know and it's just the trick is to just go okay i'm being entertained i'm laughing and you, you know you're not gonna like every joke you're not gonna laugh at everything but yeah. it's like this idea that like, oh, I didn't like this joke. You don't deserve your career anymore is insane. Yeah. Like that's insane to me. That's been wild. It's just yeah. been interesting to watch, you know, that, that you know, that sometimes those things blow up like yeah. that. Yeah. And like to me, I'm like, that's nuts. Like you can be like, oh, I didn't like this joke and then leave it at that. But to be like, I didn't like this joke. I'm going to come after you, your whole career, everything you've worked for. Like to me, I'm like, that's just I'm like, you're just, that's like someone with just no power just being like, I know I can use this because people will back me up, you know, because they, they won't understand the context, you know, like if you take anything a comedian says on a show out of context, it's going to sound fucking nuts. Like it's going to sound like the ramblings of an insane person. So it's like, you just kind of, it's like music. Like if you don't like music, you don't go continue to listen to that band. But I feel like a lot of people do that now. They're like, oh, I don't like this guy. I'm just going to keep listening to him until I can figure out a reason to really destroy him, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like, that's why you see all these compilation clips that they do of, like, comedians on podcasts saying crazy shit. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're also omitting all the shit that they did that's, like, good. Yeah. You know? It's like, they have good things to say. They have, you know, so it's like, you can clip anything. That's why I don't believe any clips I see on the internet right away. Yeah. Like, I see the clip, I go, okay, that's bad. And then I'm like, let's see what else... There is, you know, like the big clip this week was DaBaby getting in a fight at a bowling alley, which hands down one of the funniest clips I've ever seen in my life. Watching <laughs> like seven dudes try to fight on a bowling alley lane is one of the funniest things that none of nobody can stand. Everybody's fallen. <laughs> so funny. I just wish like there was a guy on the other lane just like bowling still. You oh, just see the strike. Man. That would have made me. That would have been like that would have been the most perfect video on the internet. <laughs> Is it, so I guess is it all really about? Does it boil down to it's all about context? I think they and I realize being able to you know take different yeah. clips and 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 sew them together, so to speak. Yeah, context is I think the most important because I think a lot of people lose. Like I said, we live in such a headline grabbing time that like 
you read a headline and you go, oh my God, that's terrible. And then you read it and you go, oh, okay. Maybe there's a little nuance to it that I'm missing. Yeah. And I mean, there are some shit that you read the headline and you read the story and it's bad. Like, you're like, okay, this is terrible. And yes. like, that needs to be taken care of. But like, then you get, but it just seems like none of the anger ever comes towards that. It's always like the shit that like really doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of like, a lot of frustration in America right now. Especially, I, I find my frustration where it's like a lot of us bust our asses every day at a job or something. And then like, someone can just make a video of like a corn shooting into a dog's mouth and make millions of dollars the next day. Wow. And it's like, it's just kind of this bizarre, like I, I, it's like this bizarre phenomenon where like, I don't think we have celebrities anymore. There are no celebrities. It's like, you remember like back in the day, a celebrity was like, Oh my God, there's, this is somebody, right? That's some, you know, it's like, like, I, I, like I'd say like the last celebrity, I would say like Will Smith, it's still got that kind of celebrity status, even though he's kind of a jokey guy now. But, like, I yeah. would still be like, holy fuck, that's Will Smith. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anybody else, like, that's famous from, like, this any of this new generation where I would be like, oh, my God. Like, you know, it's like, like you think about celebrities back in the day, like, on the silver screen, like, Cary Grant. Oh, it's yeah. like, if you saw Cary Grant somewhere, you were like, I saw fucking Cary Grant, you oh, know? Yeah. And nowadays, like, people are getting famous just by, like, dancing on the internet or, like, lip-syncing someone's song or something or, you know. And we're all supposed to just sit here and be like, we can live up to this. Wow. You know, like, we, can, we can't get to that level. It just shows that it's like we're dumb in what we like, but we try to be smart about what we like. And it's like, and we're not. We like dumb shit, and I think it's okay if we admit that. I think it's okay if the country, admittedly, as a whole, goes, we like dumb shit. We yeah. like watching girls shake their ass on the internet. We're willing to pay money for that. Wow. You know? Yeah, just to come clean, right? Yeah, just, just to just come clean, let it happen. You know, yeah. and then it's like, I think we can start to heal. But it's like, I do believe we still have famous people. Because, yeah. I mean, these people that get big off the internet, they're famous. You know, we still have famous people. And it's, you know, it's just, it's weird now that, like, you can just, like, text, like, tweet at a celebrity and be like, tell me happy birthday. And... It'll either make your life or you'll kill yourself if you don't get that happy birthday. Like, it's wow. like, there's some people live by that. And that's, it, like, to me, it's like, it's kind of pathetic a little bit. Like, it's a little, like, I'll tweet at celebrities sometimes just as, like, jokes. But, like, I'm not like, yo, tell my son that he's cute. Like, I'm like, that's just wow. sad. Like, that's weird to be like, I want fucking Luke Skywalker to tell my kid that he's a Jedi. I'm like, shut up. Let Luke Skywalker do his thing. <laughs> Like, just enjoy him fictionally, not real. He's not a real person. Wow. Yeah, he's not real. He's, he's a character. Mark Hamill's real. You can say, what up, Mark Hamill? Yeah. But it, I'm like, it's just like, it's just it's just weird to me. Yeah. You know? And I it's like, I don't know. I'm getting, I think it's because I grew up at the rise of Twitter and all of that. And I can't, you know, I went along with it. And now I've hit a point where I'm like, I just don't know what I'm doing anymore. You know? Wow. And like, I find it, it is kind of funny. Like, I'm like, oh, I want to delete Twitter, but I just can't bring myself to do it. It's yeah. weird. It's very much like a, a, a addiction, and I'm just like, I'll sit there with the delete account button, and I'm just like, oh, can I do it? Can I do oh, it? Can I do man. it? Then I just go and like smoke a whole pack of cigarettes and calm down. <laughs> and I really respect you for talking about this, man. Just it, it, just that whole thing about you know just the uh, what is it? What, what's the word? What's the word I'm trying to use here? Just the uh, the draw that that has, right? Yeah. Or the, or the the habituation. Yeah, I love talking about comedy. I love talking about the world because I actually have no idea how anything is going. It's just based off 
what I see. Yeah. You know, I have no, you know, anybody that wants to ask me about anything important about the world, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know what's going on with Russia and the Ukraine. I just know there's some tension there and yeah. I don't want to see it go anywhere else. Like, I just kind of want to see it dissipate. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, as a comic, I have to pay attention kind of to the the, the world and this, you know, what we do every day and what everybody's upset about. And I try to be semi-topical, but I've gotten to a point now where, like, I just kind of want to talk about me. Stuff that I like, stuff that I dislike, stuff that I find annoying, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Like, there's a lot about, I do a lot of material about the internet just because I've grown up with it. I'm fascinated by the internet. I think the internet is one of the coolest things. Oh, yeah. Um, it's an incredible detriment to society as a whole, but like it does have some amazing, beautiful things that come out of it, which I think over, I think they overbear, overlap the badness of the internet. Yeah. Like the internet has taught us that like talent is universal. Like there are talented people all over the world, all over the country. It's just a matter of who sees you. Yeah. You know, you see these people that just paint pictures at their home and they're like, I just do this for fun. And it's like, you're literally better than Picasso. Like, and you're, you're just like, you're doing a whole different style of painting. Yeah. But you're just like, I do it for fun. And I'm like, and it's like, and I know you shouldn't have to do it for money, but I'm saying the fact that this person who's so talented, that's beyond, you know, even people who are famous in town, like with this kind of stuff are just like hidden away from the world you know it's kind of an interesting thing until like they put out a video and go viral or something but it's like you see all these you know like just incredible talented people like doing insane experiments doing paintings with buckets falling and you know you you just see all this crazy insane talent and you're like why the fuck is logan paul famous you know wow you're like why like how do these you know it's like we kind of make the wrong people famous. We've made the wrong people famous. Do the is it because the people decide ultimately who? I think the people them? ultimately decide. Yes, but I also think it's a matter of how we push things. Oh, okay. Because I got a feeling there's definitely an art to that. In, yeah. In terms of how we how that's I, I, there. Sorry, I cut you off there. I, I read this whole thing about. Uh, so like in America, like people who go viral on like TikTok or like dancers, you know, stuff like that. It's very rare that you see like something like cooler scientific going crazy like viral whereas like you look at china and it's like the things that go viral there are like engineers um you know people who are creating you know robots and all this kinds of stuff and it's like they're pushing this and it's like and over here they're pushing you know look at the newest dance craze and it's like who wins who wins with this? Interesting. Yeah. I almost wonder if in some ways if, if the internet has been, and this is just coming to me and I'm open to be completely off base, is this maybe possibly one of the most powerful uh, human behavioral experiments? That Oh, the internet, yeah. The internet is bizarre. Like, I had a buddy who on Twitter kind of came after me for something I said on there. Like, really came after me. And then I saw him the next day, and I was like, hey, buddy. And we were fine. Hmm. And, like, I made jokes about it that I was like, we almost ruined our friendship on Twitter the other day. But I was like, that's what I was – that's when I was – you know, and I've had this happen before. Like, I've always been someone that's like, at some point, I will get into some bullshit on social media just because I'm bored. And it's not real to me, so I just go out and do some stu- stupid shit on there occasionally. Yeah. And um, 
you realize that it's like people are brave when they don't have to say anything to you face to face. Yeah. So it's like that's why people say like heinous shit on the internet. That's why like people will put something up and they're like, I'm so proud of this. And someone will be like, you're dog shit. And it's like, yeah. and they do that because A, they can get away with it. You can't do anything. Um, and B, a lot of it is like, they're probably sad too, jealous. You know, there's a lot of different, cause I mean, I've found myself doing that. No, I never comment. I just think it. I'm yeah. not someone who likes to comment, but I think it. I'm like, oh, this person's stupid. Yeah. And then I'll be like, well, I think you're just jealous that like, you're scared of heights and I'm like ah, yeah I guess I am scared of heights I would never jump out of a plane like you know it's it, and it's I think a lot of that and like I mean it's just like you have that you have that freedom to just be the biggest asshole ever because yeah. the worst thing that's going to happen is like you get blocked yeah. it doesn't really affect your personal life I mean it depending on what you say it could because I mean that happened you know especially early in COVID whenever people were like saying shit they were sending all their shit to their job you know oh. that was the part that really made me start to feel sick towards people like it still happens to this day like the the fact that people like laugh at the deaths of people who didn't get vaccinated yeah. is like it's just sickening to me i'm like that's just not that's not a good it's like just because they didn't want to do the same thing as you doesn't mean it's funny that they died like that's you know that's still somebody's you know oh, yeah. family member you know it's fucked so I was like, I, I got very sick of humanity during that time. Like I was still like, I don't think COVID did hard enough. Um, but I think, I think we're coming to a point now where people are going to, I think they started to realize, or they're starting to realize, okay, at this point, I don't know what there is that we can do. Yeah. I mean, really. And I mean, everything about it. I mean, I, like, as someone who's, I've always believed COVID was real. But I've always been a skeptic about how everything around it has worked. Yes. Like I've always been like everything that was considered a conspiracy theory is now becoming actual fact. Yeah. You know, like I've never been someone that was like it always came from China for me. Like it came from a lab. Like that's just the truth. Like yeah. it, I was like a virus just doesn't appear like that just doesn't <laughs> happen. Um, that was made in a lab. Uh, I'm someone that's like it was made to shut down the Hong Kong protest, but then it got out of hand. Yeah, Man. that's my firm belief on it. Yeah. And it just got out of hand. And then we just really didn't know how to handle it. And so it was like trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. But then I think it got to a point where they were like, okay, there probably is no handling of it. Oh, man. Yeah. Talk about a human behavioral experiment, boy. That's, yeah. That's been one. I yeah. Think. And what would be wild? And like, it would be, I don't know. I was like, if 10 years down the line that they're like, COVID wasn't as bad as we said, like, that would be kind of funny. <laughs> like, part of me would be like, God, the vindication of that would be hilarious. But... At the same time, I'm like, I do, you know, I didn't, I never not believed in COVID. I was like, yeah. yes, people are getting sick. People are, you know, whatever. But I just think it was just handled so poorly. And I mean, granted, yeah. we had, you know, Trump in office. And I'm not saying, like, he could have done anything better. I mean, he could have done a lot better, but he didn't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why we expected him to handle it well. Um, but then again, it's like, it's not even like the Democrats handled it well. The minute nobody started doing the thing, they were like, you're murderers, you're killing people, everybody's, oh, you're, you're all the worst types of people. And it's like, you can't, you can't tell people they're the worst. <laughs> you can't call them the worst things in the book and then expect them to be like, oh. It's like, you gotta, you know, like I had a buddy who lived in Boston, he lives in Boston and like he, I mean, we would argue all the time about it. And he's like, these fucking people are, you know, they're, you know, they need to just get on board. And I was like, 
I was, it gave me this idea where I was like, oh, okay. I was like, you know, everybody's worried about like fascism in America, and I was like, but I was like, if fascism's coming to America, it's coming under the disguise of public safety. Like, wow, <laughs> I'm like, man. public safety would be the greatest way to do it. And I was like, and it's already been kind of proven. Like, I mean, you saw that people were ratting out neighbors. Oh yeah. And it was terrifying. And like, I know you, you know. It like it is what it is, and everyone is like, but I'm doing it for safety, and it's like, and that's fine. But you have to realize what is also happening here with that you know it's yeah. like giving up your safety is going to give up a lot of stuff and oh, i don't man. think i don't think a lot of people realize that you know and it was just and then this is just all like what i'm taking in as i look at it as an observer because like i said i never really i try to not get involved on either side because like both are nuts to me i'm like both are nuts i'm like i just don't understand anything but you know, everybody has their feelings, but like at the same time, I'm like, I just don't try to like, I'm very, like I'm someone, like I said, I don't know everything. I don't know a lot. So I'm always open to like listen and hear what people have to say. But I was like, as an observer of myself, like myself, I was like, this is just kind of how I've looked at it. And I was like, and nothing has really been consistent. It's always wow. kind of been, you know, wear a mask, wear two masks, masks don't work, masks do work, wear three masks. It's like, well, we got to figure something out, yes. you know? There has oh, yeah. to be a through line. Like, I remember early on, don't touch anything. Don't be near anybody. Everybody stay away. Okay, you can touch things. You can be outside. Don't wait. You know, I, when I still see people wearing masks in their car, I'm like, that is so... It is such a testament to how powerful fear is as a motivator. Yes. Especially, like, yes. in this country. I'm like, fear oh, in this yeah. country is one of the greatest things that we use because we've I don't think I mean ever since 2011 or 2011 2001 I think fear has been the driving factor for everything that has happened in this yes. country oh man you yes. know WMDs to natural disasters to threats of war to COVID like it's all fear and the problem with COVID though is that COVID you don't have a bad guy so yes. you gotta pick the bad guy and you're not going to say the bad guy's China oh yeah because oh, they're going to put the kibosh on that <laughs> they already did with their bots um, so it's like you know that's why you have like Trump and then that's why like Rogan's the bad guy right now and, oh man yeah. you know it's and then they'll find another one or something or someone will come like it'll be you know here soon it'll probably be Russia we'll be like oh my god Russians are the bad guys we yeah. gotta get the Russians and then Hey, it's the '80s again. You know, we're having, oh, you know, kind Soviet of a thing. Union and the whole yeah. It, it's funny. Like, I don't like to be like history cyclical, but history is semi-cyclical. Yes. When you, yes. you know, like I was just, I just read a book that was about the World's Fair in Chicago, like 1890s and all that. And I, the only difference between like then and now is like indoor plumbing and Wi-Fi. <laughs> like, a lot of the shit is still the same in terms of like unions. Yeah. And the problems are bad. Everything's going bankrupt. Like, it was, it was yeah. just kind of funny to be like, the only difference really is just indoor wow. plumbing and Wi-Fi. Yeah, because human behavior is always human. Yeah, it's always, it's always the same, yeah. The wow. rich guys don't want to pay the grunts, you know. Man. The grunts are going to unionize till the rich guys pay them. It's all the same kind of thing. It was wow. kind of funny that I was like, oh, we do just have, it's the same shit. A few more amenities. Yeah, yeah it's just a few not. more things, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was just kind of a fascinating thing. And it's like, I did, I, you know. I always, like, shit-talked history growing up in, like, school because it was, like, it was always taught by coaches. It was the easiest class. But I always liked history, and especially, like, going out of my way to read, like, books that, like, we didn't read in school. And that's when you kind of go, oh, we do just make the same 
kind of mistakes over and over and over again. It's kind of yeah. an interesting, kind of an interesting pattern. And so, you know, seem to, and there's, there doesn't seem to be too much learning about the, learning, yeah. learning from, and I'm saying that myself included. I, yeah. I certainly, yeah, I'm certainly guilty of that. Like it's, it's kind of funny. Like it is cyclical because everybody's like, oh, there's going to be another, another civil war, you know? And I'm like, there can't be another civil war. There won't wow. be. Yeah. I'm like, there won't be. Cause one, here's why one side's too fat. And the other, ti- other side's too scared to hurt the other people's feelings. So there won't be another civil war. Like, that's just the truth. That's like, great, man. It's just, it is what it is. If there is, it's going to be online. It's going to be like a social media yeah. split. Like, something like that. Like, Facebook versus everybody. I don't know. But it's, or it'll, it'll be fought in the metaverse. There'll be a civil war fought yeah. in the metaverse. That'll be, that's the way to do it. Yes. I think war should just become a video game. Wow. I've, war should just be every country has some players. They have a tournament once a year called War. Whoever wins gets bragging rights till the next tournament. Yes. Because that's all they want. You got to have a winner want. and you got to have a loser. Yeah. Right? yeah. You just take all the money that you use for your military, apply it to the game. And then what would be cool is you could have like Mario as a general. Like you could have cool shit in there. Yeah. And then just once a year, it, just, it would make a fun competition between the entire world. Yeah. To be like, let's have a world war tournament <laughs> it Call, makes me think of the old song from the 60s the revolution will not be televised I get the sense yeah, that this yeah. one would need to be televised oh. or not televised but it would be yeah, on the internet yeah yeah I'm yeah. like there's I don't know it is just kind of funny like everything is kind of yeah. cyclical like everybody right now is like oh my gosh you hear these people that talk about like we're at the fall of the American Empire if you compare it to Rome and all that stuff and I was like yeah but we can read about Rome. Yes. We can look at what Rome did and go, okay, well, what did they do that we shouldn't? Yeah. We won't, All but right. we could. Yes. And I'm like, but nobody wants to do that because we just want to be like, we, we just enjoy, I think there's something enjoyable about the doom and gloom of everything. I think people enjoy, yeah. Yeah. they just really enjoy being upset because they're just like, if I'm not upset, then something's wrong. Like, I have to be upset. And it's yeah. like, stop. Oh, <laughs> like, just stop being upset. <laughs> like, it's it's not hard. You just yeah. have to realize that a lot of the problems that you can't deal with, don't deal with them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to change Dave Chappelle's mind. I'm not going <laughs> to do that. Like, I'm not going to cure COVID. I'm not going to change, some, you know? I'm just going to worry about, like, problems. Like, I got in a car wreck. That's a problem I can worry about right now, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't, it's like, that's, that's something that I can fix. I'm like, eh, everything yeah. else, I'm just here, you know? Man. And as we're coming to a conclusion, I was going to ask you, I mean, is, is this ultimately why you keep doing this? I mean, is this, is this, is this, is this that, and I think I enjoy thing? torturing myself. Uh, <laughs> there's yeah. something, no, I honor that though. Man. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I, I love it. It's, um, it's one of the few things I'm genuinely, I feel confident in saying that I'm good at, yeah. um, which I don't have a lot of things that I'm good at. So that's one of the reasons why I've stuck with it so much is that it's like, I, I'm good at it and people have told me I'm good at it. And so I'm going to just try to keep getting better at it because I mean, I have no discernible skills other than, uh, you know, I can crack an egg, uh, just about yeah. that. So yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to stick with it as much as I can. Like, I'm, you know, it's the dream. Yeah. And do you find in some ways it helps you? Is there, is there, I mean, this may be a silly question. Does it help you process, you know, some uh, the complexities of the world? And just yeah. That? It helps me, um, 
it helps me when I find myself getting worked up about something to be like, hold on, think about it. And like, a, you know, I don't like to say rational, but think of it like, you know, everybody reacts so emotionally. Yeah. So, and I find myself doing that too. And then I'll like, I'll sit there and I'll go, okay, I'm reacting emotionally to this. You know, like the Dave Chappelle thing. Okay, I'm mad that these people are going after him. Let's go see what the deal is. I go look at it and I'm like, oh, okay. I can see why I'm like, it's shitty that he did that. But at the same time, it's like, there were a lot of people that didn't want it. So, yeah, it's kind of 50-50 here on, you know, why I would be mad. And so, and it's like, it's just a lot of, you know, I just try to step back and like try to be, like a lot of people think I struggle with emotion. And I'm like, yeah, a little bit because I try to be logical. Yeah. I'm like, emotional makes you think illogically. I'm like, if you think, if you step back a minute and think, you know, okay, what's happening? You, you can figure things out a little better, at least for me. Yeah. Uh, Cause like, I just, I, you know, emotions are weird, so I don't deal with them. <laughs> I'm like, ew, you're crying. Go over there. Get away from oh, me. Man, I don't want to hug that. you. <laughs> you know, it's interesting though. The last thing I was going to say to you is that, that, uh, I just find this so interesting when you're talking about, you know, like people taking shots at other people on the internet. What I really deeply honor so much is that instead, you know, you, you basically get up and you actually, you know, show up, yeah, get in, stand on a stage and it's basically you in the audience, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you can, there's nowhere to hide, right? I yeah. That. Usually I'll take my frustrations that like, I'm like, oh, I want to say something. And then I'll be like, well, manifest it into this bit and yeah. see if you can make that funny. And so that's a lot of what I do, like stuff that I see on the internet that I'm like, this is stupid. I'll go and I'll just turn it into a joke and then go do it on stage and be like, let's see if you guys find it stupid like me. And then yeah. sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It's just a matter of the people. But yeah, it's fun. It's a good time. Man, and that you're willing to take that risk too. I mean, I definitely sense that there's, you know, there's, I mean, standing in front of a group of evil. It's more fun. The, yeah. It's more fun to take the risk. It's There's no fun in really kind of, playing it safe and it's it's funny that I say that because like I play it safe in a lot of other aspects of life like I mm. you know like like I don't care like I don't want like I'm not you're never gonna see me like skydiving or doing anything like that like I don't you know I don't like to drive fast uh, you know even if I had a sports car I wouldn't drive fast but like on stage I will go up there and be like alright let's talk about something hor- horrible you know yeah. and because like for me it's like it's the riskiest thing I probably do yeah um not a small thing either. Man. Yeah. It's, yeah. And so I take all the like riskiness of my life, I guess, and just put it into this and be like, here you go. Because, I mean, like, I mean, I, I don't do it like I'm scared of heights. You know, I don't like going fast. I, you know, I had a lot of like incidences growing up where like I dealt with a lot of stuff like that. So I just like didn't care to ever. I got heights out of the way early. Did a yeah. zip line when I was young. Didn't care to be up there anymore. You know, drove a car really fast once. Didn't ever want to do it again. Like wow. I'm like, you know. Rode on the back of the motorcycle when I was like six, never getting on a motorcycle again. Like, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where, like, like in life, I'm just very low risk. Wow. (laughs) Because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I don't know what the statistic is. I wouldn't even want to try to guess it, but I'd have to think it would be surely more than, what is the majority? Like, I don't even remember what that's called. Like, more than... 50%. 50%. I mean, I would have to think I mean, the majority of people, if you ask them, would you get up on a stage? Oh, yeah, they wouldn't do it. Actually, you know, and, and have to be funny and have to do the work of... I mean, just getting on stage, getting in front of people is just difficult in oh, general. Man. I remember in speech class in college, uh, 
everybody would be like, man, I don't know if I could get in front of there. And I'm like, that's the easy part. Your speech is the hard part. I'm like, getting up there in front of people is easy. I'm like, but getting up there in front of people and then having to give a speech, the speech is the hard part. Because I'm like, your speech has to be good. Like, yeah. if the speech, or it's decent. I'm like, if the speech isn't decent, then... Yeah, you're gonna have a good bad time, you know, and it's oh, yeah. and that's what I try to tell comics. I'm like, listen, you're gonna bomb, it's gonna happen, but don't act like it's the end of the world. It's just it's a part of the game. It just kind of happens, you know. You can't, you know. It's like it is. Ner- I think what public speaking is the biggest fear. Like it's oh, like yeah. it's like oh, that yeah. and spiders, <laughs> like and then death. <laughs> and like people would rather die than do public speaking, which is fair. Oh man, and then to have to get up and actually be funny, and, and yeah. actually and have the audience immediately give you feedback and say yeah. this is funny, this isn't, yeah. I mean, and at wow. the same time, what's funny is like when you see someone who gets on stage, it's like too much on stage. You're like, ugh, I hate this person. <laughs> you're like, you're too much. Calm down. Like, that's why it's like comedy's fun because it's like we're all kind of, you know, it's late at night. You know, we're all kind of we're all there to have a good time. Yeah. You know, you go see someone speak in the morning. They're trying to wake you up. You're like, ugh. Oh man, too Whole loud. Thing, yeah, it's too loud. <laughs> you just have those people that like look like they're having a good time on stage, and like that's fine. But like, it's just sometimes it's just like you're having too much fun. Wow, dial yeah. it back. Can't I can't even imagine, man. I cannot even imagine. Yeah. Wow. It's really not that bad. I mean, like I said, I still get nervous. It's still nerve wracking. Like, I always get the shakes like an hour before the show. Wow. And then like right before I go on, I have those. Like, hearts beating real fast, butterflies in the stomach. And then as soon as I step out, it all kind of dissipates until the f- the first laugh. Once you get that first laugh, it all kind of goes away. Does that feel like that's forever sometimes? I mean, just that, just the... Sometimes. Sometimes the first laugh doesn't hit till the end of the show. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. And so you just got to kind of sit there and suffer. Wow. Is after a whole different thing for you, just in terms of you know what it feels like for you, like you know after after the set, yeah. You know, in terms of you uh, know, let's say later that night, next day. Yeah, I I'll sit on it and think about it. Uh, like with the open mics, I record my sets, so like I'll sit down and I'll listen, and I'll go in and like find spots to like change or be like, oh, I should add this, because a lot of the times what I'll do is I'll think of an idea, I'll just go and I'll try it and just kind of just talk and see if I can find something. Other times I'll actually write out punchlines. I'm like, okay, this could work, this could work, this could work, and then just do all the punchlines. Um, yeah, it, I don't know. It's just, it's a process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zach, thank you so much. Hey, man. no this problem. Is, I really honor you, your willingness to talk about all these things. Oh, I love talking about and, comedy. Uh, and just to show up and be here. Man. Yeah, is, thank you for having me. This was yeah, awesome. Absolutely. I wasn't sure what to expect. I always, like I said, I come in and, I told you this earlier, I like to come into a podcast not knowing at all what I'm walking into. Yeah. Because it's more fun. <laughs> and I was going to tell you, actually, I wasn't sure either. You know, I had a few ideas of some things, obviously, that I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about. But, I mean, other than that, I had literally no idea. And yeah. that's, that's what the beautiful part is, that you're open to that. Yeah, you know? well, I'm glad you had me. You can have me anytime. I'll Man, come thank back. you. Yeah. Absolutely. It was great.